Dedication This book is dedicated to my hometowns, New York, North Wales, Philadelphia, Woody Creek, and Nashville. Of those, Music City deserves a book of its own. But this is not it. This is a first things first kind of book. The story of being embraced by the music community that is the heart of Nashville will impatiently have to wait until the next volume, mostly because it means so much to me. Say not always what you know, but always know what you say. Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Introduction. Partnership. Over the years, I've been asked on innumerable occasions how I would describe my 45-year partnership and 50-year friendship with Daryl Hall. The question invariably goes like this. What is the secret to the longevity of your relationship with Daryl Hall? Inferring, of course, that some secret pact, some unholy, all-powerful force, has forged a bond between these two physically mismatched humans that has endured outlasting multiple marriages, love affairs, Byzantine record label contracts, Machiavellian business associations, insanely gifted bandmates, and hell-raising wackos. It's actually extremely difficult to explain, and over my entire adult lifetime, I've been prodded on a regular basis into examining the phenomenon in detail in order to distill the subtleties and complexities for journalists, fans, and musicians. Even more than with a band comprising of multiple members, there always seems to be a more focused fascination with the dynamics of what makes a duo tick, how it works, and often how it fails. We are not a duo. That's the how it works part. We're two creative individuals with a mutual respect for each other's artistic skills and just enough intelligence to not get in each other's way. If you look at the covers of our albums, you will see a common thread that may seem rather insignificant, but in reality it's quite important. First you'll see an album title, then the names, Daryl Hall and John Oates. It has never been Hall and Oates. We have always insisted on being perceived as two individuals working together. Sure, you say, semantics be damned, but it has always been very important for us to make that distinction, even though the world feels the need to truncate and find a convenient box to keep things nice and organized. But of course, there's a lot more to it. As people, we share many commonalities that form the foundation of our brotherhood, and brotherhood is a much more accurate way to portray our relationship. First and foremost, we are both blessed to be born at the exact right time. We are both old enough to have witnessed the transition from the big band era to the birth and earliest days of rock and roll. Our parents are similar in age. We both have one younger sister. We both grew up in small Pennsylvania towns listened to the same radio stations, went to the same type of high schools, became band leaders at an early age, and we were drawn toward the city of Philadelphia and some unforeseen greater destiny. As for the differences, let's just say we have our own individual lifestyle philosophies and peculiar strategies for maneuvering through the world, all the while focusing on one unwavering and clear goal, continue making music for the rest of our lives. If you must delve and really want to know more, just listen to the songs and read the lyrics. We became friends before we became musical and business partners. We hung out, we goofed off, played with many different bands and other musicians. Then in late September of 1970, I returned from Europe, and to my surprise, I found a padlock on the apartment that I had sublet to Daryl's sister Kathy and her boyfriend. 
That's when I went a-knocking on the blue-painted door of a quaint colonial-era Father, Son, and Holy Ghost house situated on a narrow, cobblestoned Quint Street. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost houses, or Trinity houses, were nicknamed that due to their unique three-story design with one room per floor. Unique to Philadelphia, they were originally built for slaves or indentured servants. At the time, Daryl was married to a gal named Bryna and living there with a little red dog named Joe. After four months of busking my way across Europe, all I had was my guitar and my backpack. I was broke, and I had no apartment. Daryl and his wife weren't exactly expecting me to arrive on their doorstep, but without a lot of drama, they kindly invited me to move into their tiny third-floor room, which was crammed with a sofa bed, volumes of books on sagging wooden shelves, an ancient fireplace, and an old Wurlitzer piano. That's when Daryl and I started writing songs. Before I began this book project, one of my biggest concerns was how I would be able to tell my own personal story without it becoming the Hall & Oates story minus Daryl Hall.